Um, today, I'm, I, I initially was going to be speaking today, and a few weeks ago, Mila came into our office. Mila's going to be sharing in a moment. Mila is an amazing woman of God. She's not only a pastor, she's a doctor. She has several businesses. She speaks all over the world. She's an author. Her books are out there on the table if you want to get them, and she just has so many accolades in her life. Dr. Rolanda, would you, marketer, would you stand? This is her husband. Look, did you have no doctor? Dr. Mercader, he is, he is a dear man as well. And as you know, Mila, she always says she, her husband, he just funds her everywhere, right? <laughs> and um, we thank you for that, doctor, <laughs> um, that Mila gets to do all the things that she does in the Lord. But one of my favorite things about Mila is her heart for prayer. She is an intercessor. And I've been with her. I've traveled with her. And this woman does not stop praying. She stays up all night. She gets like a few hours sleep and she's up. And she's in her prayer room. And she is really taking kingdom things by storm. And so that's what I love about her. So she came to us a few weeks ago because she was in prayer and the Lord had given her a word for us. And as we sat down and listened to it, Pastor and I were just like, I mean, it was, it's awesome. So she's going to be sharing that in a little bit. And so I'm going to do kind of an introduction because I told her it's so interesting because my message kind of goes along with hers. It's more of an introduction to hers. And so I'm going to be sharing that with you. And that has to do with the fact that I'm really coming on the, the tail end of even what pastor's been teaching us on that we can hear God, you know, that we were created and made not only to hear God, to speak to God, but we're also made to believe him. And remember, it was when they were in the garden, Adam and Eve were in there, and they came, and of course, after they had been deceived and beguiled by Satan, you know, and God called to them in the cool of the day and, and called them forth, and they didn't answer, and he said, where are you? And he said, well, we heard, Adam said, we heard your voice, and we were afraid. And that is typically what we as Christians, even today, deal with. We hear God's voice and we're afraid. We're afraid to hear what God has to say or we're afraid that we can hear what God has to say and fear is a torment in our lives. And so even then, God said to them, who have you been listening to? And that's something else we need to take a look at. Who have we been listening to? Who have been the voices in our heads, in our lives that are saying things, that are speaking things about God that are not true, or speaking things about life and spiritual things that they really have no understanding to? They might have read something on it, but have they studied? I mean, we listen to all kinds of things, but when we take for granted that people know. But you know the one who really knows is God, and yet we don't believe him and what he says. And so I wanted to kind of touch on the life of Job because Job was one of those righteous guys. I mean, he was righteous. God said it. Remember in the beginning of Job, you know, it talks about Job was worshiping the Lord and he was in prayer and he was praying for his kids, his family, because he was afraid that they did not serve God. And so as he was praying, you know, all this catastrophe happens. And so, well, I'm sorry, before that, um, Satan comes into God. And um, he's, God's like, where have you been? He's like, oh, I've been out on the earth to and fro looking about, you know. And God's like, have you noticed my servant Job, the righteous man? And he's like, yeah, well, he's only righteous because you bless him. If you wouldn't bless him, you know, he wouldn't serve you. He wouldn't come to you. And he's like, that's not true. And he's like, yes, it is. Let me have a hand at him. So we learn right away that we are not exempt from trials in life, and we're not also exempt from testing of our faith and what we believe. 
And so Job then goes through these trials, um, again, catastrophes, physical health, all of this, his family, his everything he owns. And he ends up in this pit with three friends. Have you ever read the book of Job? I mean, really, have you? I mean, have you all those chapters in there? You're like, you know, right? You're like, what are they saying? Who is talking? <laughs> you know, you're like, I need spark notes. And so you, you, you really have to like stick to it because there's so much that's repeated. And it's in, I learned too that it's in, a lot of it's in poetry. And you're like, well, no wonder. You know, I don't understand what they're trying to tell me. What are all these allegories? And so you, you really have to stick to it to figure out what they're saying. But I did some studying, and I got some things. Basically, he was surrounded by three friends, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. Actually, there's a fourth guy in there, too, Elihu, who comes in. He just shows up for a few chapters and leaves. But the other three guys are bent on telling Job and explaining to him why he's in the predicament he is in. And these same truths really still hold hold true today. We still deal with these same philosophies that, um, that um, you know, really just cloud our mind and our vision of who God is. So Eliphaz, the first guy, he was um, the one who, who said, who that was innocent has ever perished? So you must have really sinned, Job, because your punishment is so severe. You must have done something so awful. And so we do that same kind of sin to ratio judgment thing today too. Well, you know, if we just tell a little white lie, God won't, God won't notice and he won't be mad about that. But, you know, if you go, if you go murder somebody, God's going to be mad about that. You know, we have this, you know, punishment fit the crime thing. Well, sin is sin to God. It doesn't matter what it is. It's still sin, whether it's little or big. It's the same. It's still called iniquity. And God deals with it the same. And so, but we don't. We deal, and we let ourselves get away with all kinds of little things, you know, and little stuff. But the truth is, and again, that's a philosophy of ours today. You know what? You know, if God won't deal with, God won't mess with me if I'm just doing little stuff. You know, it's only the big stuff that he deals with. And this is Eliphaz was telling Job, you know what? You've done something really big because God wouldn't deal with you and do this to you if you hadn't. And then there's Bildad, who added to this, and he said, not only that, have you done something wrong, but also maybe your family has. What about your kids and your family, your relatives? They've all sinned too, and you know what? God's punishing you for it. And we, we deal with that. How many of you felt like, you know, it's your fault about stuff in your family because, you know, maybe you were the spiritual one or maybe, maybe the way you raised your kids or maybe whatever, you feel like it's your fault about stuff happening and God's punishing you for it. And let me tell you, that is not true. That is not who God is. But yet we still think that and feel that way. And then Zophar comes along, and he says things like, I mean, Zophar gets into how um, just God is and his, how just his laws are. And he says, the righteous are rewarded and the wicked are punished. The righteous are always rewarded and the wicked are always punished. So you must be wicked, Job, because that's the way God deals with man. And how many of you know that's not true? How many of you know there's a lot of wicked people out there prospering, doing really good, having a good old time, enjoying life? They're not being punished. And here we're the righteous one, you're righteous, and all of a sudden, you know, you're suffering. You feel like you're being punished. And so it's not true. Sometimes the righteous suffer, and sometimes the wicked prosper. And so that's not true. 
And so these guys, what good friends, huh? Come along and tell you how bad you are and it's your fault and your family's done this and God's going to punish you. I mean, how uplifting is that? And then Elihu comes along and says, basically, God has power beyond man. Actually, Elihu goes through this um, uh, these verses of the majesty and glory of God. It's, it's beautiful, some of the things he says. But then he goes on to say, but man cannot know God. God is too great. God is too above us. He's too majestic. And we cannot know him. We cannot know his ways. And we can't know what God is wanting to do in our lives. And that is not true. But sometimes we feel that way. God, well, you know what they say, whatever's happening must be God's will. God works in mysterious ways. You know, all these things we come up with to try to reason away or explain what's going on in our lives when we don't even have a clue. But we try to come up or people come along and tell us that. And we're like, oh, yeah, probably that's probably true. But yet it's not true. Job's friends were not true in what they were saying. And as a matter of fact, God listens to it for so long, but then he um, comes down and says to Job, hold on, let me, I just missed my spot. And the Lord says to Job, shall a fault finder contend with the Almighty? He who argues with God, let him answer it. And then he goes on to say to Job, you know what? You need to stand up like a man. Why don't you stand up here and let's have a chat here. Let me ask you, if you think you're so smart... You know, because man thinks he's so smart. He thinks he can reason with how things are, you know, done in the earth. And so that's what his friends were telling him. These are all, this is how God functions. This is how God works. And so God's, Job, stand up. Pull your bootstraps up, boy. Let me tell you something. And he says to him, who is this that darkens counsel with words without knowledge? Basically, who is telling you that has, that has no clue to what they're talking about? Who are you listening to? Who's telling you this stuff? Dress up. He said, stand up. I'm going to question you, and you tell me. Why don't you tell me? He says, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Where were you if you have understanding of how it was and where the, corners were set, the cornerstones were set? Or who stretched the line upon it and set its bases? And all the sons of God shouted for joy, and the, star, the morning stars sang together. Were you there? Did you do that? How do you know? Answer me. Tell me, Job. And then he goes on, or who shut up the sea with the doors? And then he goes on to talk about it. And who set the bars and the doors on the, on the um, shores and said to the waves, you will come here and you will go no farther. And here shall your proud waves stay and go no farther. Were you there, Job? Did you tell the waves to do that? Do you know how the mighty waves and their proud clapping, do you know about that? And I'm telling you, for the next, you've got to read Job 38 through 42. They're awesome, awesome scriptures. So God goes in and he starts talking about everything in the universe from the stars, you know, everything from the, um, you know, um, uh, I can't think of the Pleiades and the um, or Orion. What are those called? Those little star things? Yeah. You know what I mean. Anyway, so he starts talking about all that stuff. And then, you know, in, in, then he, he pipes up to Job, you know, so, are, you know, are you going to argue with me? Are you going to tell me? And Job's like, Lord... I put my hand on my mouth. 
I said something once, but I'm going to shut my mouth from now on because I know nothing. And God's like, you're right, you don't. And you know what else? And God goes on for a few more chapters. <laughs> and I love it because he starts talking about the behemoth, which is like the dinosaur. He starts talking about Leviathan, which is like a dragon and how they were made and how they're created. And he goes into all this stuff about creation and the earth and how it was done. He's like, were you there? Did you, do you know how this happens? I love when he talks about the ostrich. He's like, did you, do you know how the ostrich functions and how stupid she is and puts her head in the sand and then steps on her own children and her own eggs because she has no idea what's going on, but yet she can run faster than a horse. You know, he talks about all this stuff and all the greatness. And I'm telling these, these scriptures when I read them, I get so excited. I can't like stand still. I want to just, I just want to praise the Lord because he's talking about his glory and his majesty and who he is. And he's given Job a good picture of, you think you know who I am and you're going to correct me? You're going to counsel me? Uh-uh. Answer me. What do you know? So the second type, Job's like, pretty much, I am nothing but dirt. <laughs> he goes, I am dirt right here. I'm going to bow my, and I'm never going to say a word, Lord. I've seen you once and um, with the eye, but now I've heard you, and I am nothing. You are God. And it's awesome because then God goes on to say, and you know what? Your friends, they have not spoken, which is right of me. They have spoken wrong of me. But I will forgive them if you pray for them, Job. And so Job prays for his friends, and God forgives them. Isn't God awesome? I mean, wouldn't you just go, psst, you know, Elihim, Zohar, Bildad, you're done. And so, no, no, God loves us with an everlasting love, no matter how ignorant we are, no matter how, what kind of situations we get ourselves into, right? God loves us, but he wants us to know that he is God, and we are to listen to him, and we are to hear his voice and his word and be confident in what God is saying because he's God, not us. Mila, would you come forward? Mila has a word for us. And you're going to be blessed by it. Don? The Lord will answer and say to his people, Behold, I will send you grain and new wine and oil. I'll send you rain to come down for you, the former rain and the latter rain. I will restore to you the years the locust has eaten. My people shall never be put to shame. And then, afterward, in the last days, it shall come to pass that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. And even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Father, I thank you for your word. The anointing in your word that will break every yoke, Father. We thank you, Father, today we give you permission. The anointing of your word to infiltrate and penetrate our mindset today. We thank you, Father God, that today you will set into motion your promise to this church. In Jesus' name, everybody says amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> I want to share something with you that the Lord has shared with me. Isn't it wonderful that God does show up when we make appointment with him? And sometimes we don't show up, he still shows up. And so, you know, one of these mornings... <clears throat> um, in my walk now for more than 40 years with the Lord, um, the Lord is always faithful. 
whether I travel, uh, you know, in other nations, he wakes up, he wakes me up in the same time. I think the Lord understands when we are serious with our appointment, and he does always, and he is always consistent. But one of these mornings, as I was just praying, the Lord showed me <clears throat> for us as a church, and I shared with, with Pastor, you know, uh, Gary and Terry, and uh, there is something that the Lord <clears throat> has put in my heart. You know, we've been here now for how many years? But our pastor from this congregation has set us up, has been teaching us to the word, has been setting us up for this season. And the Lord, when the Lord gave this to me in Joel chapter 2, uh, <clears throat> that morning the Lord says, you're going to share that to the church. And when they came, pastor, you know, was not here because of his uh, mother's passing. And then Remy asked me, you know, if I'm going to pray. And, I says, and the Lord says, okay, you're going to pray what I spoke to you this morning. And uh, later on, I shared it with pastor, and pastor, uh, you know, has asked me to speak. And you see, when the Lord tells you you're going to share it, he's going to find a way for you to share it. So I want to share that with you today, the signs of the times. You and I have missed the voice of the Lord because there's so many uh, friends, as uh, Terry was saying, that speaks to us, that talks to us, interpret the Bible to us. We have modern prophets of Baal today, the fake news. That is chanting that has been giving so many bad news to us. There's going to be so many things that they're saying about wars and rumors of wars. There's so many evaluating who is right and who is wrong. And God is going to send us again another angel as he has sent to Joshua. And Joshua asked him, are you for us or are you for the adversary? And the angel says, neither. God is not a Republican and he's not a Democrat. As the angel of the Lord, as the commander of the host of the army of the Lord, I now come. God is saying to us, it's not about you. It's about my purpose, my will, my kingdom, and my name. And we need to be sure that we are on God's side, that we are hearing his voice and not the voice of the world. You see, uh, a lot of us, well, you know, with, with all this bad news, we'd, we'd like to just ask the Lord, Lord, just beam me up. I mean, can you just send the rapture? Get me out of here. And you know, in one of those mornings, I was praying, the Lord says, well, Mila, what made you think that when you are so insistent to have your wedding perfect, and you know, my, my, my husband's still with me for, for 41 years, uh, after putting him through, you know, my wedding, I said, I don't like this, I don't like this, I don't like that, I don't like this. And the Lord says, you want your wedding perfect. What made you think that the wedding of the century the wedding of all ages, that I am going to have the wedding now when my church is not ready. Because the bride has to keep herself ready. Without spot and wrinkle, God is going to do that. But God says, I want my church waiting for me. I know that all our weddings here, the bride is always late and it's okay. But when it's God's wedding, we better wait for the groom. And God wants us to be waiting on him. This is so important that we understand that this is not the wars and the rumors of wars and all the earthquakes and the famine. God is saying, I'm speaking to you. There's something that I am going to do in the last days. These are all the birth pains, the labor pains, that from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent takes it by force. I know a lot of people think that that's the enemy, but I want to be the violent. We need to be the violent that's going to show up in the courtroom of the unseen. That is where we are going to embrace the passion of our hearts, just like the passion of our Father, the souls of men. 
God wants us to show up in the courtroom of being seen, and we are going to plead our case because there is an accuser of, of the brethren, the enemy. His name is Lucifer. And that name, Lucifer, is the one who knows judicial procedure, the one who knows how to bring a lawsuit against you and against me. Because there is already a verdict given to us, but a verdict that is not set into motion, a verdict that's not adjudicated is powerless. And all the adjudication of God's verdict for you and for me and for our family, for our church and for our nation has to be settled in court. Satan is always showing up with an accusation and there is a book that a lot of the record is still in the book. And you know what it is? It's our unforgiveness. The unforgiveness of our fathers and our forefathers, the unforgiveness of this nation. And God is saying to you, when you come to me, you come to me and face me in behalf of this church, behalf of the city, behalf of the nation, and you are going to silence the enemy. And we're going to say, Father, we plead the blood of Jesus to speak on our behalf because this accusation has been washed with the blood of the Lamb, and we are not going to be part of the curse because Jesus has been made cursed for us. When I was, when the Lord was showing that to me, God was saying, I want my people to be prepared because this signs of the times is coming. I am going to pour out my spirit, but there is a process that I am bringing them into. There is going to be a place where they are going to be ready to receive my promise of rain, of time, of grain, oil, and wine. And then, I will pour out my spirit. These are the things that we need to understand because God is not going to take his bride out through the back door. When God is going to call us, the world will know. The men and women, the bride of Jesus Christ, was infiltrated the seven mountains of this nation. In politics, in economics, in our education, in our health care, God is asking us, and that is the vision of our pastor, that we will infiltrate the gates of the city. That when God is going to blow the trumpet and you and I are going to go into this rapture, hallelujah, the world is going to know because the movers and the shakers, the influencers, the one who came to remove and replace the men and women in politics, in education, is going to be there. They're going to be called back, and the world will know that the bride has exited. I mean, come on, I'm excited about that. Hallelujah. So, the, so God is asking us today that I am speaking to you, hear me. The enemy wants to derail us, misalign us, and put us out of tune, but God always brings us back to focus. You see, as I said, it is all about him. That's why when we pray, your name, your kingdom, and your will, and your purpose. As Moses cried before the Lord, because of your purpose. You cannot leave these people here in the wilderness because of your purpose. And every time we pray for one another, Father, because of your purpose, the purpose in my children's life, in my neighborhood's life, I am asking you that the purpose is going to come to pass in our lifetime. And God is asking today that we need to be reminded that says you need to give attention to my word. You need to incline your ears because my words are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. My word, it says, is the one that is going to cause you to live. God says, God does not, we just not, uh, we're not going to live by bread alone, but every word that comes out from the mouth of the Lord. 
This is important for us to understand so we can hear. Pastor now is setting this church again. He's teaching us to hear his voice. He's teaching us to know his word because we are being set up for the time such as this. The message that God has said is there is an alarm that has been sounded. In Joel chapter 2, it talks about that we need to fast, we need to mourn, we need to pray, we need to call for a sacred assembly. That is where this church has been leading us for how many years now? The Lord has been, did you notice that? Pastor has been setting us up out of this sanctuary, from this pulpit. He has been teaching us. We have been taught to pray. We have been taught to fast. God is setting up this church. And then the Bible says in the book of Joel, it says, the Lord will answer. Joel chapter 2, verse 19. The Lord will answer and say to his people, behold, I will give you grain, new wine, and oil. I will send rain to you to come down to you, the former and the latter rain. You know what the rain is for? To bless the work of your hand. And it's so beautiful as a marketplace uh, uh, professional, as I go to different nations, I always remind the business people, God has given you and me a formula. Six days, you should work. There needs to be a faith that will rise up in us, that God will bless the work of our hands. And the working hands is always connected to blessings. And I always teach men and women in the marketplace, God wants you and me to move in faith that he will bless the work of our hands. And God is not saying that this is just ordinary workers. These are men and women that everything they touch, God says, I will bless. I will send you rain, the latter and the former rain. And I'm going to restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. And this morning the Lord spoke to me and said, Mila, it's not just what they stole from my people in all those years. I am going to overrule time. Are you guys listening? I am going to overrule time. I am going to tamper with time. I'm going to accelerate growth from glory to glory. I'm going to disrupt the waiting time. I'm going to overrule the wasted time. And I'm going to transform that wandering time to a wonderful time. You know what that means for me as a 68 years old? God is reminding me that the, all the things that you've done in the marketplace for the last 20, 30 years, you can do it in two to three years. That means all the failures that we have done in the past, God's saying, I'm going to give you a do-over. I'm going to give you another chance. Come on, it's exciting. This is the time. So in other words, for those of you who are 55 and above, hallelujah, we're going to do it in three years. <laughs> so the Lord is the same, no, Mila, this is not just the material things that has been stolen from my people. I am going to come in and tap into time. I'm going to accelerate time. I am going to bring them from glory to glory. So you know what? Even right now when I'm praying, I was sharing with Terry, I am really seeing a prophetic vision. I am really, as we're praying for people, the Lord is really showing and the, the barriers is broken. And the glory to glory, you're going to see in the spirit what God is speaking to you. This is, you know, like, I, I know, you know, we have to clean the house, cook dinner, you know, make lunch for your husband, hallelujah, run a business, and then do ministry, hallelujah, and God says, but I have accelerated time for you. I have accelerated time for you, that yes, you can still clean your house, yes, you can still wash dishes, and you are not going to lose your anointing. 
Hallelujah. And so God is saying that I am going to give you time and I am going to give you rain. And God uh, reminded me this morning, remind my people that I am not going to waste water on a seedless ground. Hello? No, this is important. For those of us who have been disobedient about giving of our time, of our finances, of our talent, of our opportunity, of receiving and, 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 and releasing what God has given us, God says, I will accelerate time for you. Keep planting because the rain is coming. There you seeds that has been dormant, the seeds that has been forgotten, the seeds that you have given and sacrificed, that you have given all because you believe that God told you to give it. And you're waiting for that harvest. God is saying to you, I will send rain and I will accelerate time for you and I will make it up for you. Because God is saying to you, make sure that your ground have seeds so I will not waste my water when I pour it. After that time and after that rain, God is saying, I am going to give you grain. Grain, oil, and new wine. I want you to remember this because this is a preparation for the and then, afterwards, I will pour out my spirit. But before that, I want you to believe that I am going to bless you body, soul, and spirit. As you prosper, you shall prosper in every area of your life. We cannot be busy in the ministry and our family is not saved. I told the Lord, don't bring me to the nations of the world until you take care of my Jerusalem. I have 14 sisters and brothers, my father and my mother. And God says, I want you to come before the court. And that day when the Lord showed me, God says, I want you to bring before the court. And I want you to bring the verdict that I have given you that salvation will come to your whole household. And the Lord caused me to pray for the sins of people I didn't even know from my great-great-grandfather to all both sides. And after the prayer, I saw revival. My father, my mother, my nieces, my nephews, my sisters, and my brothers came to the Lord. Because the Lord is faithful. God is saying to us today that I am going to give you grain, that I'm not only going to give you healing and wholeness in your body and soundness of your mind, but I'm going to give you wealth. And I know a lot of church today will cringe about that, but my brothers and sisters... Wealth is part of the finished work. It's part of the provision of the finished work. He became poor so you and I can be rich. You are going to receive press down, shaking together and running over that you will not have any room to take it in. And the Lord explained that to me. You know why there's no room, Mila? Because after your dreams, after your desire, after your needs, we need overflows. Ask me because I want you, I am telling you where you're going to give it. That's why there is no room for hoarding in God's people. We are going to have every time you make a check, you are commanding somebody. You're going to go to the mission field. You're going to go to support the orphanage. You're going to go and support Bible college. You're going to go and support the church. Because every time you write a check, mammon will say to you, the slave of our lives says, yes, master. I want, to, I want this church to have a change of mindset the way we deal with mammon. God is saying, I am going to give you grain, and you need to believe that I'm going to strengthen you, and I'm going to 
pour blessing of riches unto you. I'm not talking about filthy rich. I am talking about men and women who gives a good reputation to our God because he is a better father than the world. If the fathers of the world can take care of your children, how much more for you and me who was the father who is the creator of the universe? And for those of you who hasn't read it in the book of Psalms, he takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. If you want to give him pleasure, give permission to yourself to be wealthy. You know what is wealthy? Wealthy is a man and a woman that has fired mammon from their prayer room. A man and a woman that has fired mammon from their agenda every time they have a meeting. A man and a woman that they will refuse to have mammon infiltrate their prayer life. Because we cannot pray for souls, we cannot pray for our country, we cannot pray for our neighborhood because we have a budget that we have a problem with. We have an issue of finances that we cannot pray because instead of birthing souls, mammon is infiltrating our prayer room again. Mammon has infiltrated the bedrooms of America. Husbands and wives sometimes causes divorce because of finances. And God is saying to you, believe me when I promise you grain that I will bring wealth and wholeness into your life because I promise to bless the work of your hands. Hallelujah. God is saying, I am going to give you also new wine. <laughs> a new wine is a revelation wine, a fresh manna every morning instead of recycled leftovers. The Lord does speak to us morning after morning. Every time we read the Bible, I told the Lord, Lord, I know I am enjoying you right now in the land of the living. And I know that when I see you, I'm going to enjoy you in another dimension. But I'm really enjoying you now here on earth. Because the word of the living God is new wine. It's a revelation that you keep feeling. One day I was in the prayer room again, and God says you keep feeling your jars with water, and I will turn it into wine. Sometimes we read the scripture, and sometimes we don't feel anything but God saying to you, just keep reading and filling your jars with water, and I will turn it into revelation you want. And so God is asking us today, you need to prepare yourself, because I'm not only going to give you grain, I'm not only going to give you new wine, I'm also giving you oil. New wine for your soul and oil for your spirit. The anointing power of the Lord. The God says power and authority, you know. Uh, in, in <clears throat> you know, sometimes the Lord wakes you up very, very early and he doesn't really care what time you slept. Isn't it? Said, well, I just went to sleep. I, wake me up again. And you know, one of those things, the Lord has spoken to me. He says, Mila, I know you know how to use the sword, but can you start also using the scepter? God's people today, you and I have been trained with a sword, and we should. That's the power of the word. But God says, I'm also, I also ask you to touch the scepter, and I ask you to ask me anything. Because the scepter that the Lord gives us is our authority to rule and to reign with him. That we are not only asking and begging him for our children, for our neighborhood, but we are also reigning and ruling with him. That we have a prophetic declaration to pull down, to tear down, and to build. 
And so when we are going to hear the fake news, hallelujah, you're not just going to sit down there like a couch potato and, a, and say, shoot me. You're going to stand up and say, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And Father, bring confusion in the enemies. Come and let them be silent that your purpose shall be established. And if you don't know me, you think I'm crazy in my living room when I watch the news. <laughs> hallelujah. God is saying to us, I want you to use the sword and the scepter. But this promise that the Lord has given us really is guaranteed performance. Because God does word performance evaluation. And in my business, I do consulting in different hospitals. Uh, I used to. The Lord has put me in sabbatical for a while now. But uh, every time we want to do our projection, we always want to do a work, a work performance. Well, the Lord does a work performance. He wants, he, I call it word performance evaluation. And the threshold of this evaluation is it came to pass, it came to pass, it came to pass. Every time God sets his word, it has to be, it came to pass, it came to pass, it came to pass. This promise that the Lord has given us today, it shall come to pass, it shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. Hallelujah. If the problem is, are you going to participate in it? God is saying this is going to be a place where I am going to put this church. I know that now that this message is not just for Valley. The Lord has also put this in my heart this morning that I'm going to be sharing it in different churches. In fact, I already have a lot of speaking engagement. But because there is a message that the Lord is speaking today in this time and in this season. He says that I watch over my word to perform it. And all the promises of God are yes and in him. Amen. The second Corinthians. And he says, so your job is to carefully follow the terms of the covenant. In fact, I sent you an, uh, a copy about going back to your first love. That is from the expert uh, excerpt of the book three that we're writing. Because I believe this third book right now is really being you know, distributed to the marketplace. And I'm telling them, fulfill the terms of this covenant and watch the throne fulfill the promise. God is saying, if you obey, I will, I will bless you. You will be the head and not the tail. You are going to be a lender, not a borrower. God is saying to me, do you fulfill the terms of this covenant? Because in the book of Ecclesiastes, the writer says, after all this conversation, the conclusion of the matter is that, that you keep his commandments and you fear him because this is the duty of man. For any one of us in this room that's still asking what are you going to do, God says, this is your duty. Fear me, reverence me, and obey my commandments. And I will do the rest. And I am going to deliver to you. It shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. And it will come to pass. So God answers us, Valley Community Church. Our pastor, you know, I said this this morning, that, you know, it's another thing for you to look for a church. But it's something else to find a pastor with a dream. Because the sign of a breakthrough that heaven is speaking to earth is now we are dreaming dreams and seeing visions. A lot of America today, a lot of our, of, of our brothers and sisters today, they stop dreaming. You, some of you here, have a dream when you were still young and you put it in hold or you have forgotten it. God is saying to you, it's time for you to open it up again because rain is coming. And I'm going to accelerate time for you. 
and I'm going to strengthen you in body, in soul, and your spirit. And I want you to come before the throne and allow the throne to perform a job performance for you. And you are going to see the threshold that says, it shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. So, hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a big hand. I'm excited about that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then afterwards, as we read a few minutes ago, that I will pour out my spirit. After you can believe that I am the God who will take care of you physically, spiritually, hello, and emotionally. If you can allow me not only to open the doors of your heart, but you're going to open the doors of your mind, your imagination. If you're going to allow me to come in, I am going to bring a performance upon you that I am going to pour out my spirit. Because signs of the wars and rumors of wars and famines is not the signs of the times. It's the birth pain that started when I declared war against the enemy. From the time of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violent violence, and the violent takes it by force. When I read that scripture, I told the Lord, Lord, make me violent for you. That I am doing, we pray for our brothers and sisters and our family, we are not going to take no for an answer because the payment is too expensive to, say, to have an answer that's no. My nephew who's in drugs, my nephews who were in gangs, I told the Lord, it cannot be because you paid too much for this. And it came to pass. It came to pass. And so it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. You know what it is that is hearing, spiritual hearing the word. You see, God is opening our ears in the prophetic language of the word. I'm going to cause you to see vision. God is going to open our eyes beyond the natural to the supernatural. This is where we're going. You, you have to believe this because our pastor has been dreaming this. It's not an accident that you and I are part of this church. It is another thing to have a church that we love, but it's another thing to have a pastor with a big dream so your dream can fit in it. And so he says, I am going to, I am going to your, old and your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. And even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days on all flesh. It says, every tongue, every tribe, every nation, every people, the young and the old, your sons and your daughters, male and female. You need to settle that. For you to participate in this movement, you need to settle that. May both men and male and female, because this is not up for a debate. God is not asking you to vote. He's just telling all of us, get on with it and go with the program. Participate. Because at any one of us is going to come into this opposition of what God's purpose is. Listen to me. When you're sick, he will heal you. When you're lost, he will find you. But when you find yourself rising up as the, an idol with all the opinions, God is going to break you. Because the moving of the Holy Spirit right now is going to move, and this, this wave is so huge that anything that's against him is going to fall flat. And so God says to you, I want you to dream dreams. What is that? That dream dreams above and beyond what you can ask or imagine. 
Do you know that for a long time, God has been waiting for us to participate with our imagination in our prayer life. We speak it in our mouth. We must believe it in our hearts. We must imagine it in our minds. That is our body, our soul, and our spirit are participating with what God is doing. That you and I become indeed that point where God can invite all the angels of the throne. Because you and I are not the only one that enjoys television. The throne room also have a break time. And God calls all the angels to the throne and says, it's time for us to relax. Because my children today has allowed me to come into their minds. What they ask me is in alignment with the imagination of their minds. The word that comes out from their mouth is the same vision and the same imagination of their minds. Because Satan has tried to infiltrate the church today with the fake news, with the infiltration of pornography, with all the bringing us to the past of all our failures and our fears of the future. Our minds have been inundated that God cannot turn it on without blushing. I'm if we have been waiting for our answers to our prayer, God says, I'm just waiting for your imagination to agree with the petition of your mouth. Now what comes out of your mouth is in agreement with the vibration of the way brain waves of your brain. God is asking us today that they are going to have a place that you are going to have no room to take it in. Because I am going to bring you to the supernatural breakthrough the miraculous. I'm going to bring you the imagination of your mind and your thought life is going to become an entertainment media of the throne because your mind now is alignment with my word. And when I watch your mind when we're sitting down, everyone in the throne room and the angel says, agree, agree, agree. It shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. My brothers and sisters, that's where God is taking us. That is where what we're talking about, wholeness. That's why Jesus took four hours hanging on the cross, fighting what? The battleground of his mind. So you and I do not have to go through it. Because he said, I have won the battle of the mind. You need to bow down to my word so I can align your mindset according to the uh, vibration of my word. This is the place where God is going to, to, to say that we can intercept his thoughts. How wonderful and beautiful are your thoughts towards me. That if I would count them, it will outnumber the grain of the sand. The Sahara Desert and all the sand of the Sahara Desert can cover the earth eight inches thick. And it's still not enough to count the thoughts and the love that God has for you and me every second. So God is asking us today that I need to bring you to a dream and dream big so you are going to be able to steer the hearts of men. There's nothing, guys, there's nothing in following. I always say this to my business associates. If you want to build big, you need to have a big dream because it's useless for me to follow you when your dream is just me, myself, and I. So where is the space for the other people? We have a pastor that has a dream for you and for me. They're, how, they're now doing one family at a time. Leadership that's going to go to the gates of the city. A pastor who believes in the leadership that you have, in the anointing of giftings that we have. This is the time that God is going to release Valley Community Church. And then afterwards, 
I will pour out my spirit on our flesh. This is a place where God is asking us that we can believe not only for our Jerusalem, but we can believe for our Judea, our Samaria, and to the other most part of the globe. This is a time when you really can believe that when your nephews are still on drugs and your nephews are still in gangs, that you can believe that in my imagination, I see them serving you. That my brother, who was a businessman, who has the money that he needs, that I said, Lord, my father is already old. But the Lord showed me a vision as I was praying that the heavens poured rain. And my father rose up, and mud in his face was washed away with his water. And the Lord knew, and I knew that that was the vision of the promise that God has given me for him. I walked my father down the aisles of Angelus Temple, when he accepted the Lord. Because God is going to open your eyes in your imagination that when your prayer is not just words that comes out of your mouth, it is also the heart is in agreement, but your mind is imagining the answer of the promise of the Lord. So God is asking you today, today I ask you to dream again. I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh so you can dream dreams and see vision. As the waters cover the sea, you can believe that my word can cover the world. That you're going to cop tap into the conversation language of the royals. You know what is so wonderful, you know, to be in prayer? That you really speak the language for royals. <laughs> God doesn't want any complaints of what happened. God doesn't want even to hear the news because he already knows it. He wants you to sing his word. He wants you to sing that this word is going to sound like the waters, the sound of many waters. He wants you to see the vibration that is going to tap into the rhythm of his heart, his word. That you and I are going to be saturated, you're going to be washed, you're going to be refreshed, and you're going to be transformed into the image of his son, his word. That you and I are going to come to the place that our prayer in our lips is now in agreement with our hearts, infiltrating our minds and transforming our souls. This is the place where we are going to bypass the ordinary to the extraordinary. This is where we come to not just enough, but to the more than enough. Where this is not where we're just going to get stuck in the natural, but the supernatural. You know what that is? That is breakthrough. That is when you and I can believe that there is going to be a global revival in, in, in a proportion we've never seen. I really believe I'm going to see it in my lifetime. You know why? Because I'm seeing it in my territory. I'm seeing it in my business associate. May they millionaires or professionals or not professionals. Because I believe we are now in the season where God promised, if you can believe me that I can make you whole, and you can receive my grain, wholeness and wealth, if you can believe that I can give you refreshing wine for your soul, if you can believe <clears throat> that I can give you power and authority, not just my sword, but my scepter for your spirit, then you are ready to believe and receive the outpouring of my Holy Spirit. Because this is the time of the miraculous. This is a time of supernatural. Let's pray. Father, <clears throat> I thank you today for your message. I thank you that you put in my heart that today you're going to infiltrate not just the hearts of your people, 
but you're going to infiltrate the minds of your people. That any fear, Father God, any shame of the past and fear of the future, any of oh, Father God distortion of oh, Father God in our brains because of the toxic information and vision that the enemy has crept in into our churches, that you are going to heal our minds so we can imagine again that we can ask anything beyond what we ask and we can imagine that it shall come to pass, it shall come to pass for this church, for our pastor's ministry, for his vision. In Jesus' name, amen.